Hello, and welcome to episode 82 of the Medical Device Success Podcast and Videocast. I am Ted Newell, your host. These are sobering days indeed with the invasion of the Ukraine uh, by the Russian forces. And it's just heartbreaking to see what's going on there. In fact, uh, this short episode will be dedicated in part to what had been happening in the Ukraine prior to this invasion to give you some sort of feeling for what the med tech industry or the health tech industry in the Ukraine was like prior to the invasion and what it could become afterwards if we pay attention to it and if we provide some assistance. So I'm not a policy expert. I'm not a war expert. So don't worry, we're not going to be talking about either of those subjects today. I just know in my heart what is wrong and what I see happening in the Ukraine is wrong. But let's look at some of the so-called good news, the things that occurred prior to this invasion about the Ukraine that many of you probably don't quite understand. You don't understand the potential that this country was starting to exercise and the potential that this country still has to contribute, especially in the area of health tech and med tech. So I'm not going to do any musical interlude or anything like that. Um, I'm just going to go straight into the subject matter at hand. I'll be describing stuff as best as I can for the listeners um, based on some research that I've done and also a couple con companies I've been in contact with and some people I've been in contact with. And then I will also um, have this on a as a YouTube video on my YouTube channel. I apologize. I don't maintain the YouTube videos very well, but I'll try to get this one out in the next couple of days so people can see what I'm talking about. So first, let me just ask you a question. Are you familiar with any large Ukrainian startups that have really made the news? How about Ring Home Security? Did you know that that was initially a Ukrainian startup, Ring Home Security? All those little Ring doorbells you hear about in the news and the advertisements, Amazon bought them. What about Noom? For most of my North American colleagues, we've seen the advertisements on TV, especially after the new year, when everybody's worried about their weight and they're going to pass all these resolutions and stuff. They're going to start participating in weight loss programs. Noom is a different kind of weight management system. And guess what? It was invented in the Ukraine. It was developed in the Ukraine. And it is now worth like half a billion dollars or more. I don't know what this invasion has done to it, but big companies like this typically redomicile major parts of their infrastructure to other countries after they started in a country like uh, Ukraine. But that's just a couple examples. Ukrainians are remarkably intelligent, ambitious, inventive people. And I think a lot of us have this image in our head that it's some semi-backward country out close to the Eastern Bloc of Europe that is all alone and you know fending for itself, which it definitely is now, but didn't necessarily create a lot of potential for the world that we think about today. 
it's amazing what's happened in the in the Ukraine in the last number of years. I just want to be sure that people don't look at the Ukraine as if it's some backwater country without a lot of potential. The Ukraine is filled with ambitious, bright, college-educated people that are inventive and and they just have so many good ideas and they put so much of this into practice in the in, a, in such a short span of time when you consider the history of the country and its ability to develop a commercial type of culture. I talked to Charles Whitehead the other day at Cornell, and he told me, and he's involved, by the way, he's involved in two incubators there in the Ukraine. And he told me that a lot of this just started occurring in the last seven to 10 years. A lot of this startup activity that is so vibrant right now. But when we look at some of the data, you'll be amazed at uh, what I share with you. So I'm going to share my screen. And I'm first going to start on um, a survey that's called Ukraine is number one. The survey is UNO is the actual name of the survey. And the reason this survey is important is because of some of the data that we share about this really amazing country. And we're talking broadly about med tech here. Although when we get to one of the slides, you'll see that there's um, the several med tech companies listed in the, in the slides that are startups in uh, Ukraine. But if you go down and you look at their, the economy and you look at the growth that they've had, especially the last few years as they've, as they've turned their economy around in 2019, 4.1% um, Q3 2019 uh, real GDP growth. It is the world's number one net contributor to science and technology, according to the Good Country Index. It is among the most entrepreneurial countries in the world. Out of 141 countries, Ukraine is in the top 4% in growth of innovative companies. And that's from the World Economic Forum of 2019. So they've probably made progress since then until they were invaded. They're the number one among later stage emerging markets when assessing innovation output and performance relative to global relative to innovation inputs. And they're number 29 of 100 countries in the world in terms of startup, startup ecosystems. That's just amazing for a country that has only been a democracy for 30 years. And if you look at the global investment potential and, and you look at these companies that have invested in the Ukraine through 2019, Sequoia Capital, these are big names, Dragon Capital, Bessemer Ventures, Horizon Capital, you know, um, and I could go on down this list that I have on this slide here, but the number of top VCs that have invested in Ukrainian companies, techno tech companies, fintech, health tech, med tech, all kinds of companies, it's just amazing what they have done. And then they look at the unicorns that have come out of um, Ukraine. You have a firm, which evaluation of 2.9 billion, GitLab, 6 billion, Grammarly, 2.5 billion, Ring, which we just talked about, home security. Back in 2019, this is probably, um, well, it was bought by Amazon, but it was 1.2 billion at that time. We know it's a lot larger now. It's just amazing what these companies have done 
that have come out of this amazing country. And I'm going to skip the, the few, a few of these slides here, but I think what is interesting here is that a majority of the founders are based in Ukraine. 82 of, of the survey that they did here, uh, 82% were based in the Ukraine. Now, when you look at the registry of their entity, you know, some of them leave it registered in the Ukraine. Some of it have it registered in the Ukraine and also outside of Ukraine. And then some of them do re-domicile outside the, uh, the country. However, most of the fundraising was in the Ukraine in the last 18 months from the survey. And then they showed the participating startups. And there's a for listeners, there's a page with four columns of startups. In each column, there must be close to 15 company names in here. And if you look through the, the names, you'll see uh, Cardio, Cardiomo. You'll see um, um, what's uh, Optos. Optos. It's not the same as Optos out of Scotland, but it's uh, O-P-H-T-A-S. You'll see several companies here that are health tech and med tech. Uh, that are part part of the startups that participated in this survey, and so it's what's amazing is that the the Ukrainian teams, even if they re-domicile, which means they move their headquarters to another country for for various reasons. One is to maybe they believe they need to gain the protection of a more reliable legal system, and sometimes you have to do that to attract investors. Fundraising is another reason for redomiciling, which I just mentioned. But 82% of the founding teams stayed in Ukraine. And one of the reasons that's important is because that's a low cost of business compared to many other places in the Western world. And the teams are smart and good and very effective. So I think it's important to note that even though they may redomicile, to another country, the majority of the teams, the bulk of the teams stay in Ukraine. And the top three reasons, cheap and qualified talent, opportunities for growth within uh, within Ukraine and the Ukrainian startup ecosystem, and a focus on the Ukrainian market. Now, that's another very important thing for med tech and health tech is Ukraine is a large market, 41 million people, 44 million people. It's a really large country, and so it's a great place for a small uh, startup to get some traction and to get going. Where a lot of countries don't have that luxury, like if you're inventing something in Latvia or Estonia, those are very small countries. But the Ukraine can support their startups with a ready market as they prepare to prove their business models and move out of that market into Western markets and other markets around the world. And of course, the most popular places to register are <laughs> the United States, of course, with uh, Delaware being very popular, um, along with several other states. In the um, EU, Estonia is popular, followed by Finland and Luxembourg, Portugal and Latvia, and of course, the UK. So that's just some background information on startups in the Ukraine. That's just some overall information about the startup environment in Ukraine, how robust it is, how many successful companies have come out of it already, and prior to this invasion, how many successful companies 
were yet to come out of Ukraine. But there's something we can do about that. We won't get into that a lot during this conversation today, but um, I will hint at that later on. So I'm going to unshare this, this particular survey, and I'm going to go back to my screen. I'm going to share my browser because I want to share with you some of the online resources that demonstrate the support system that startups and emerging med tech companies had in uh, Ukraine and also some of the actual companies, a couple of which I've had contact with prior to the invasion. But this right now, what you're looking at is Ukraine's top six accelerators and incubators. And they define accelerators and incubators a little differently, but these are some really sharp companies. Um, EIT Digital, ISC, the Corporate Accelerator, um, EO Business Incubators, and so on. These are great incubators and accelerators. They work out of the Ukraine, but they also have offices in other Western countries to give them support. So the Ukrainian side of the these accelerators and incubators is very robust, but they have support from other parts of the Western uh, world, especially Western Europe. So it's very, very helpful. And this next website shows medical startups. And you'll see here's Noom. And Noom considers itself, by the way, to be a healthcare startup, a healthcare company in terms of the way it treats obesity and other health situations. And I think they're going to expand way beyond that. But here's Noom. Uh, Licky24, drug delivery service, uh, a mental health service called Calmary. Um, here is a uh, an additive manufacturer service called Quambio. Here's Deep Trait. Then let's go on down. Here's one that I mentioned before that was part of the UNO survey I was referring to earlier, Cardiomo, which is a wearable technology for health monitoring and heart disease prevention. There's DocUA. There's Drug Card and, and so on. There's there's several more companies here. Here is a company, Altris.ai. They develop deep learning for ophthalmology for retinal diseases detection using OCT scans. And then here's MyHelix, a service that manages everyday meal choices using DNA data. Just right there, I listed off probably 10 companies. If we go to the next website, which is medical device companies and startups in Ukraine, some of these will be repeated because these websites will capture a couple of them, but some of them are new. Like iCardi is a global service for artificial intelligence for cardiologists and internal physicians. Snomo, I hope I pronounced that correctly, but it's a way of treating uh, snoring and obstructive sleep apnea. They have um, Unix, Unixo, which is an exoskeleton device, which helps people recover from injuries. I mean, the list goes on and on. If I go to yet another list, the 14 best uh, Ukraine medical startups revolutionizing healthcare. We have Esper Bionics. It's, a, it's another robotics company that um, develops bionic hands. We have a delivery service for drug delivery and food. We have Maui Solutions. I know Andrew from Ma Maui Solutions. They have a, a strong U.S. presence, and but they were founded in the Ukraine, and, and they make wearables for big heart data collection. Like um, instead of wearing a Holter monitor, you'd wear one of their devices, and they, they collect a lot of great data for cardiologists. Um, bike recovery helps with bipolar disorders. 
We've already talked about um, Unexo um, in the previous webpage that we visited. And there is Tiama Sports Products, Medical Equipment. Uh, we've already talked about Icardi. Well, we might not have talked about Icardi. So they make um, a product that helps detect atrial fibrillation early. And DX Systems, I was in touch with them just before the invasion started, um, hoping the invasion wouldn't start. They were looking for some help. But they were in Cardiff, which has been just totally shattered with bombing and artillery. Um, who knows what their status is and so on. So there's several more companies. That if, you're, if you're watching the video here, you're watching me scroll through these. Oh, and for the last webpage I'm going to talk about, I'm going to show, is actually a webpage from the Ukrainian Startup Fund. And this is a USAID. That means it's American-supported fund in Ukraine that helps companies get off their feet. Actually, Chuck Whitehead is... Um, a member of this organization, and he and I talked about that the other day. But this is another organization that helps. There's um, Ukraine Tech. There's this. Um, there's the there's the Ukrainian Startup Fund. There's several of these incubators and accelerators that I talked about. There was a lot in place, and I have to. It's not. It's funny and it's not funny, but. Uh, Chuck told me that he was talking to some founders of a Ukrainian startup that were in a bomb shelter that were still talking to, to him about raising money for a seed round. And they're in a bomb shelter. That's just the determination and ambition that these people have is just amazing. So this is my introduction to the Ukrainian med tech startup environment, emerging growth environment that has just been shattered and put on hold all because of one man's fascination with power and history. I hope that gives some of you a feeling that Ukraine is not just some backwater, that it was a vibrant community with really smart, intelligent people trying to make a difference in the world across the spectrum of different technologies especially in med tech where they were doing a fine job and it's up to us to be prepared to help them as they come out of this tragedy to rebuild this med tech and health tech infrastructure so it can be robust again. And that will be the subject of introductory portions of my next episodes. I took a break from the subject matter at hand, which was artificial intelligence, value-based care, robotics, and so on, in addition to some of my other subject matter experts. I wanted to take a break from that to give all of you a feeling for what the Ukrainian ecosystem was like prior to this invasion, and that there's something there that should be resurrected as we move on, as we get through this tragedy, and as we support the Ukrainian people as they rebuild their country. You know, I think that we can, on the med tech side, the med tech community, there's a lot we have to offer. And that will be part of the introductory segments to my next podcasts. I can tell you that in the med tech leaders community, of which I'm also the host, you've heard me talk about that before, we are creating a couple teams to address some of these situations. And you know, so people that are in the med tech leaders community, they can volunteer. 
um, if they have time, if they have bubble grease, we're not looking for financial commitments at all at this time. We're looking mainly for the commitment to be on standby to help out if if we can as the Ukraine comes out of this tragedy. And I will provide more information on that, like I said, in episodes to come. So thanks for bearing with me today as we talked about this, as I shared this information with you. I'm sorry it was a little bit scattered. I hope you learned something. I certainly did as I dug into it because prior to the invasion, I only knew two companies in the Ukraine. That's probably a lot more than many people knew, but that's that's what I knew. I knew of two companies in the Ukraine in the Ukraine. And it was doing some research and talking to some other people and getting organized to create what I what I'm calling the Ukraine MedTech Assistance Group that I learned so much more. Most of you are familiar with the way I end my podcasts. I always end the podcast with now go win your week. And I really mean it. I really want people to win their week, to have a great week, to take a segment of time and try to make it as productive as possible. And that's why I say that. But this week, let's think about the Ukrainian people and let's win the week for the Ukrainian people. God bless them. God help them in their struggles as they face down this monstrosity of a dictator that wants to impose his will on them. Go Ukraine. God bless you. And let's win the week for the Ukraine.